Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. That is Pomona, California. You're listening to Inside the Pages, presented to you by Cornerstone. Certainly, we thank and praise God for each of you that are listening in, those of you that are far, those of you that are near, those of you that are tuning in to our podcast, 
uh, Sunday morning live dot uh, or you can visit us at our website at connectingtruth.org. Uh, and there's an archive of messages there. You can just click God on demand and it'll take you through the history uh, of messages that have been presented, especially those that are from the book of Acts, uh, which we're in this morning and the book of Ezekiel. We are in some dynamic teaching on Tuesday nights uh, dealing with Ezekiel and the message that he presented, the visions that he had, the meaning of those visions. And certainly we're digging into it, looking for the treasures of God and how it nurtures our relationship with the Lord. Uh, it's the most important thing that there is, is our relationship with God. Uh, God is concerned about our relationship with one another. He's concerned about our relationship with him. And so we want to nurture all of those things, our relationship on our job. And, and certainly we're praying for everyone. We're praying for one another, for those that are sick those that are well and helping uh, others and uh, the helpers. You know, one of the greatest gifts that, that we seldom hear talked about is the gift of help. You know, God has given that as a, a gift. He mentions that in the scripture. And so uh, people are praying for the gift of prophecy and they're praying to go forth as ministers. But uh, let me tell you, one of the greatest values that there is is when someone reaches out a helping hand. Uh, it's great, you know, uh, many hands make light the work, as I've heard them say. But this morning, I want to go to the book of Acts, the seventh chapter, uh, beginning at the first through the seventh verse. I'll begin reading there. It says, then said the high priest, are these things so? And he said, men, brethren, fathers, hearken. The glory of God appeared unto all uh, until our fathers, Abraham, when he was in Mesopotamia, before he dwelt in Haran. And he said unto him, get thee out of the country and from thy kindred and come into a land which I will show thee. And then came he out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Haran. And from thence, when his fathers was dead, he removed him into this land wherein ye now dwell. And he gave him none inheritance. No, not so much as to, to set his foot on, yet he promised that he would give it to him for a possession and to his seed after him when as yet he had no child. And God spank on this wise that his seed should sojourn in a strange land and that they should bring them into bondage and entreat them evil 400 years. And the nation to whom they shall be in bondage will I judge. And after that, shall they come forth and serve me into this place. Now, if you've been following along with us uh, throughout the book of Acts, uh, this is not the first instance where the disciples or the apostles were came under attack by those. And, and you know, when we look at today's uh, time and what we're dealing with, we're dealing with an unseen attack. They were dealing with a physical attack. They could see who was attacking them, uh, but we're dealing with an attack that is unseen. We see the results of it, but nonetheless, it is an attack. The Bible said that Stephen was falsely accused and placed on trial by the high priest. Those that knew the word of God, those that have been exposed, those that you would have thought 
you know, um, ministers and, and, and teachers of the gospel and Sunday, you know that, that there are those in times that you, you, uh, you meet someone and you know that they've been exposed to the word of God. They may have been saved. And now they're rather than fighting for the gospel and and being on the side of Christ. Now they're fighting against it. And so we see in this day and in this time, Stephen is dealing with an accusation that is false against him. And the high priest uh, brought him into question. The same group that arrested Peter, that arrested John, commanded them to disobey God, not to preach uh, in repentance and remission of sin in Jesus name, uh, not to even talk about him. They did not want Peter, James, the disciples, or none of them to mention anything about Jesus because they feared that the guilt that it was bringing upon them for the unjust crucifixion, the unjust courtship, the unjust uh, deeds that was done against Christ. And now Deacon Stephen, the Bible said a man full of faith, a man of the, that had the Holy Ghost that yielded himself to service that resulted in power. If you want power, you're going to have to yield yourself unto service to the Lord. The Bible tells us that the, it is the fervent and effectual prayer of the righteous that availeth much. So you got to spend some time in prayer. Uh, we have a, a prayer hour on uh, Wednesday where we just meet and pray. There is no conversation about uh, talking and discussing the scripture or anything. It is a time of prayer. You need to just set aside time to pray. Uh, we're fasting, uh, some fasting on Tuesdays and others on Wednesdays and some have committed themselves to Friday. And my prayer is that everybody is holding fast to their commitment. It is important to be committed unto the Lord. And if you make a vow to God, keep that vow. Uh, the scripture tells us that it's, it's better not to make a vow than to make a vow and then to break it. Now that goes a long ways in business and other areas of life that we make vows and then we don't keep those vows. But I, I just want to say today that that is worth keeping. The vow that you make uh, has, uh, no matter how difficult it might be, no matter what changes come up, because things happen, uh, there are bumps in the road, there are hiccups that occur, there are, caught, there are different things that arise in our life. But keep the vow that you've made. Be committed. Uh, we have to learn how to keep our commitments. The Bible says that certain of the synagogue, which uh, is called the synagogue of the, uh, uh, the Libertines and the Cyrenes and the Alexandrians and them of Sicily and Asia, were disputing with Stephen. They were coming against him. They engaged this deacon with conversation about Jesus, then got upset as he exhorted the scriptures and reasoned with them the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Listen, when we talk about the gospel, the word of God, we are not in an argument. It's not about arguing with others, uh, but, the, but the Bible says it like this. God said, come and let us reason together. And so we should come and present the word of God and just reason, just look at the scripture, just analyze it. Take some time out with it. Uh, you don't have to make a decision at that moment. And if there is a need for you to make a decision at that moment, God will let you know. Uh, God knows how to stir up the mind of every individual. God deals with people in dreams. He deals with them through direct prophecy. And when God sends a word, it is very explicit. God knows how to send a direct word that identifies the situation. He doesn't send a broad word 
and, and you don't know exactly who he's talking to. He sends a specific word. God knows how to deal with the individual. Our job as uh, saints and believers and those that are sharing the gospel and, and going and following the great commission that has come upon all of us is to be a witness uh, and to preach repentance and remittance of sin in Jesus name. And so they engaged Deacon Stephan with conversation about Jesus, then got upset as he exhorted the scriptures and reasoned with them the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus. They were not able to resist the wisdom. This is what the Bible says. They were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Then they suborned. They hired men which said, we heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. We heard him say things that was against the scripture. We heard them say things that were not right. Now, I want you to understand something here, and I'm kind of going ahead of myself, but there was a young man that was there that heard them make these accusations. And this young man was impacted by this because he believed that they were preaching and teaching a heretic doctrine. And so he began uh, in his later years, uh, he began to persecute the church. He began to go after those that was preaching in Jesus name. He began to go against them and to drag them in under the law. He had letters to drag them in and to and to arrest them. And, and so the, one day he was on his way uh, on the road of Damascus. And and, and, and the, the Bible said that there was a light that shined upon him and he heard a voice and those that was around him heard thundering and and they heard the noise but they were not a privilege to what was being told to Paul and, and so uh, that's that's a conversation for another time but but we can see here because he was there at the time that Deacon uh, Stephen was being persecuted when he was on trial and the Bible said and they stirred up the people they stirred up the elders they stirred up the scribes and they came against him and caught him and brought him to the council and set up false witnesses and uh, they, they increased in what they were saying. This man ceased not to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. They were very much caught up in a tradition of things. They were very much caught up in their history. They were very much caught up in the law. They were very much caught up in the letter which killeth, but the spirit brings life. And they said, we've heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the custom which Moses delivered us. Well, they were already far off and not following the customs and the things that the Torah presented. They were already well out of bounds. They had already fouled out. They had already uh, left the game. They had already messed up and to went into other areas that Moses did not sanction. Moses did not teach them to go into. The Bible says that Deacon Stephen, he began to exhort the word of God. He could have easily fought. You know, and as I read this, I, I thought about it. He could have easily fought for his own life, but he didn't. You see, they believed as many today that hold offices in churches, call themselves members, Christians, disciples. But the truth is Jesus, his agenda superseded theirs. If you are following Christ, if you're following the word of God, his agenda is number one. 
not our own. And this is what Deacon Stephen was, was looking at. He said, you know what? Uh, he made up in his mind that it's for God's glory. And so his agenda takes precedence over mine. The Bible tells us in Matthew, the seventh chapter in the 21st through the 23rd verse, it says, not everyone that said unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my father. So Stephen must have understood in this, that if he do the will of God, which was to serve the people and to walk in wisdom, to walk being led of the spirit of God, to do the will of God, that he'll make it in. Everything will be all right. Matthews 10 and 22. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Well, let's look at this. I know that personal persecution will come. Now, when we talk about personal persecution, we're not talking about things that we cause to happen upon ourselves. There are things that we do that 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 create a problem for us. And let me just use a simple illustration of that. Uh, procrastination can cause a problem that's not uh, in the will of God. We procrastinated. We didn't do something as simple as a shoestring. You know, I was putting on a shoe and, and my shoestring broke. Now, I knew this shoestring was weak and it was going to eventually break, but yet I didn't buy another shoestring. I didn't buy another pair to change them out. I kept wearing it, you know, because I was just comfortable with that. But then the shoestring broke and I had to wear the shoe and go to the store to buy shoestrings for that shoe. Well, that's procrastination because I already knew the result of me delaying that. When we delay things repeatedly, we delay things over and over again. It could be as simple as a bill. It could be as simple as, you know, whatever comes to your mind. But it's procrastination and it causes uh, it causes an effect on us. I'm not talking about that. That's not persecution. That's procrastination. When we do things to cause certain uh, conditions to occur upon ourselves, it's us doing that. It is not the persecution of men. If we're late to work and then we get written up for it, it's not for us to go back and say, well, you know, that's unfair. No, the fairness is that I said I would be on time. And so therefore I am to be there at that whatever. And so it's on us to do what is right. It's on us to keep our word of man's word is his vow. And so uh, when you consider these things that the Bible says that you'll be hated of men. Why would men hate you for preaching the gospel? Why would someone hate you for presenting the word of God? Well, listen, when the enemy comes in and influences those that have the truth to veer from the doctrine, the apostolic doctrine, which ranged from, from Genesis to Revelation, that when you veer from the truth, then it messes with someone's mind. It messes with the spirituality. It messes with the precedence and the order of things. We have a good example of that. They are complaining here about Moses. They're complaining here about uh, the law. They have taken the word of God and they have created sects. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, 
uh, the Herodians, uh, they, the Zealots, they have created all these different sects and all of them have taken part of the gospel and said, this is the way that we should follow. But that is not what Moses was teaching. This is not what the Torah was teaching. This is not what the, the prophets from uh, that passed down from generation to generation that their fathers would not listen to carried on with. And some of them were excluded because of that. And so it created boundaries. It created an element. It created a condition. And when we create boundaries and create conditions that do not coincide with God's agenda, we create problems. And those problems are then capitalized upon by the enemy. The Bible says then Jesus said unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. I wonder, is anyone denying themselves today? Are we taking up our cross? Are we following after Christ? You know, at Easter, we talked about exchanging those old, those old uh, fragile eggs for the cross. You know, we need to let go of those things and deny uh, what we do for Christ. We say we believe, but other things takes precedence over our belief. So therefore, we're not taking up our cross and we're not following after him. And so how can we claim salvation if we're not doing any of those things? Deacon Stevens understood the importance of commitment. Do you understand the importance of commitment today? He knew the only way to make it into the kingdom was to do the will of God. He knew the risk of placing his hands on the gospel plow. Uh, someone placed their hands on the gospel plow and it did not produce a harvest. So they said, you know what? I'm going to have to let this thing go. Well, listen here. The Bible says that you place your hands on the gospel plow. Don't let go. Don't let go because letting go of the gospel plow is like a dog returning back to his vomit to lick it up. That's not what God has called us to do. God has called us to hold on. And as the, as the fathers, our forefathers and those of old would do, they would pray, God, send the rain. They would pray for the seeds that was being planted. They would pray for the harvest. Are you praying for the harvest? Are you praying for the seeds that have been planted? Are you praying for the rain? He knew the only way to make it in was that he had to be committed unto the Lord to do the will of God and to hold on to the gospel plow. He knew true denial of oneself and elevating the sovereignty of God and emphasizing his glory was more important than fighting with the rulers of that day and trying to save himself. Listen, you've got to, uh, uh, he understood what the Bible was saying with the word of God. They did not just spend those three years with Jesus learning nothing. They didn't spend that time grabbing hold to a bunch of verbiage and walking around uh, just spreading here. They embraced the word of God because it came from on high. It was the word that was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles. They knew the importance of commitment. When Jesus said, go back to Jerusalem and wait until you endure with power, they knew the importance of following his word because when they were moving slow, there are times that they moved slow. They didn't, they didn't move hastily as the Lord spoke. And the Bible said that as they stood there and they were gazing up and looking at his ascension uh, after he had first descended and, and gave gifts unto men as he ascended. The Bible said that there were uh, 
visitors, angelic beings that stood there, men and wife, and said, ye men of Galilee, why are you standing here gazing up? This same Jesus that you see ascending is going to come back. Go to Jerusalem. Follow the instructions that was given to you. Are you following the instructions that have been given to you? Deacon Stephan held on to what was being said, and he was following the instructions that was given unto him, and he did not try to save himself. He began to give them the history of Israel. It's important for us to look at our history. Where did I come from? Understand something about yourself. You'll find out that even just talking to your relatives, uh, you know, you'll find out that, man, there was somebody that was praying along the way. Everybody may not have been praying, but someone may have sent up one prayer. Uh, let me put it this way. They may have been drunk one day. They may have been in, in, intoxicated. And in that moment, they had a revelation. Uh-huh. In that moment, they may have said, God, if you get me out of this, I'll go to church. God, if you get me out of this, I'll take my children to church. I'll tell them something about you don't know what went on between them. But somewhere in the lineage, somewhere along the line, somebody prayed a prayer and God heard them. It may have been 40 80, 120 years ago, but somebody prayed a prayer and here you are a recipient of that. Uh, your history. When I look at the history, I see that there are preachers peppered all throughout the family. I see that there are evangelists peppered all throughout the family. I see that there are those that have called upon the Lord as a result of someone praying. It might have been one prayer. You don't know. It may be your one prayer that saves the soul of the family, that saves the children, that keeps the name going on, that does not cause the family to die out. The Bible says that Deacon Stephan, he began with the history of Israel, and he began to look back and recall the good, the bad, and the ugly. He called, recalled it. He brought it back to their attention, the good. The glory of God appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia and before he dwelt in Haran. Mesopotamia, the region in the southwest of Asia where the world is, or what is considered the earliest civilization being developed, uh, in the Greek it means between the rivers, uh, referring to the land between the Tigris and the Euphrates River. Somewhere between East Syria and Turkey and Iraq as we uh, see it today uh, was Mesopotamia. The good, God appeared to someone in your lineage. God appeared to Abraham in Mesopotamia. Whatever your Mesopotamia is, God met someone there and made them a promise. It don't matter where or what you were doing, he is the God of your chemical, the sexual, emotional, mental condition and addiction. Whatever land you live, whatever place you're at, God, the God, the same God that visited Abraham knows how to visit you there and give you instructions. Abraham, when God met Abraham, he was not doing what was right. He was a man that was doing what he was taught to do, what he had learned to do, what was in his culture to do, what was now in his loins, what was now in his, in his groove, uh, woven within him to do. But yet God spoke to him and told him to get out from the land, told him to stop what you're doing, get out of the country and from thy kindred and come into the land that I will show thee. 
Abraham listened and began to move toward God. Now, I want you to note the patience of God. Like you and so many, Abraham did not drop what he was doing immediately. He didn't move instantaneously. But there was a gradual change and he began to let go of things. And eventually he left Mesopotamia. We have to have the same patience that God has with us. It's important that we have patience with others and not press people to be like us. It, how long did it take you to get to where you are today? Maybe you didn't grow up in a home with a minister, or maybe you did. And in that growing up in the home with the minister, uh, listen, we find that that there's rebellion, whether you're in a home that it, that goes to church or not. There we are rebels. You know, our sins, our our flesh war against righteousness. You know, all of us can put our hand up that there was a time where we just did the opposite of what we were being instructed to do. Bless you, Lord God. And, and so but look how patient God has been with us. That's a reason to give God praise. That's a reason to lift our hands and to magnify the Lord and to and to share with others. And more importantly, have patience with others. We have to have patience with others. Abraham eventually left Mesopotamia. And we cannot do. Now, I want you to understand something. Abraham was 70 years old. Some of you don't have that much time. And, and you know, you, you might be. Uh, whatever age you are, but you're not going to live like them. Uh, you know, when uh, Abraham's dad passed, he was about 200 plus years old. And, and so uh, we're not, we not living those years today. So in other words, don't put off until tomorrow what you can do today. When God calls, don't put it off. Deacon Stephen's word at no time showed disrespect to the leadership, but he glorified God. He was a man of spirit and faith and power in God's word. Do you believe God's word? Because that's what activates the word of God. You know, I was dealing with the situation. I woke up and I, I was just you know, feeling overwhelmed as, as many feel, you know, in this day and time that, you know, things are overwhelming you and they're picking at you, they're plucking at you. And you're, you know, we live in days of uncertainty about so many things. But one thing we can be certain about is the word of God made my way down to the church and, and got on my knees and began to just talk to God. You know, and in my talking to God, I realized that, that you know, there's no need in me reiterating the things that I'm concerned about. But how about speaking those things that are not as though they were and putting faith in God's word, putting faith in the, his power and his might, as Deacon Stephan did. He put his faith in, his, in, in God's word, and that's what he held on to. No matter what happens, the spirit of excellence never changes. Daniel had a spirit of excellence. Luke was thorough and showed a spirit of tenacity, dedication. He had a spirit of reconciliation. That's what I love about him because he talked to Theophilus and those that were listening and those that may have read the same messages that were sent to Theophilus is that of both what Jesus began to do and to teach. The message presented remains the same today. It began with the recall of the gospel foretelling of Christ, the Lamb of God. When you see Jesus, you see the Lamb of God. The Bible tells us the next day, John saw Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, 
what takes away the sins of the world. You want to remember and remember others, remind others to remember the call, the purpose, and the end result will always outweigh everything else. Bless your Lord God. Bless your name, Jesus. Certainly we thank and praise God for his goodness and that his word, his exhortation. And those of you that are listening uh, on our podcast, we certainly thank and praise God for your presence. And I pray that something has been said this morning that will encourage your heart and nurture your relationship with the Lord help you to move forward uh, uh, through obstacles, situations, whatever it is that, that you're dealing with, that you're facing, amen. Know that God is able to bring you out. He brought Deacon Stephan out. Deacon Stephan uh, did not surrender his will except unto the Lord. And that's what you need to do, is render your will unto the Lord.
Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for those that are listening, those that are watching on Instagram. Lord God, we pray and ask that you would bless them, Lord God, and strengthen in the name of Jesus. Lord, we know that we are abiding your will. We're seeking to do your will, Lord God, and not just here, but across the country, Lord God, in various places. Those that are calling upon your name, Lord God, we pray for their relief. We pray for healing, Lord God. We pray for wisdom, knowledge, Lord God, Lord Jesus, and most of all, to nurture our relationship with you. We ask these blessings in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll be back on Tuesday.